This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast. So we've got Mike Healy with us here from the Rhode Island Department of Environmental Management. Yesterday, reports started to come in that there was debris washing ashore on several Rhode Island beaches, principally East Matunic. Among that debris was some <laughs> syringes. And the first thing I thought of was the the syringe-tide environmental disaster, which took place uh, primarily along the Jersey Shore, but it also impacted New York City and Long Island beaches. This in the late 1980s. Um, I wasn't there, but I certainly know of the environmental crisis. And Mike, um, these syringes that washed up, these seem to be of a medical supply nature and not so much of an intravenous drug user nature. Um, What's the status right now of East Matunic, Musquamacate, and the rest of the coast? Yeah, sure. So we had to be flying the double red flag at East Matunic um, yesterday, yesterday, double red meaning water closed to the public. Um, at, at, at East Matunic this morning, so far where we started the day, we're at 1030, we started the day also, you know, continuing to fly the double red because we just want to assess I don't believe we've found any syringes since we opened an hour and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the surf is not as high as yesterday, but our um, but our plan is that we're gonna we're just gonna have the same restrictions until we've confirmed that there's no other biohazards, no other syringes floating around, sloshing around in the surf, because obviously our number one goal is public safety. We don't want anybody uh, uh, getting hurt. Uh, and then uh, when we see that that's under control, we will likely open the beach down to the water's edge and then make sure that um, um, it's safe to go you know, waist deep, not full swimming, but waist deep. So kind of ease into the day, uh, Bill. And, you know, one thing I'll say is um, and I understand that, you know, this this part of it got lost yesterday because of the shocking aspect of, of these syringes. But it was a rough day, and in Mesquamacate, uh, we had 18 rescues, um, wow. and uh, because of the high surf, um, three of those swimmers got injured. Um, we had two dislocated shoulders and one broken ankle. So, so um, you know, we can kind of take for granted uh, how powerful waves are, and um you know, especially when it, the the context of this summer, at least to my thinking, is it's just been kind of really sketchy weather-wise. And people, you know, we just haven't been able to string together like three, four, five, six, seven, um, you know, nice beach days. And so when people finally get to the beach, they want to get in the water, which we totally get. But, um, you know, when, when you're talking about a post-storm uh, scenario, and it was a very powerful storm, surface high. Um, you know, use your judgment about going into the water because um, although our lifeguards are, you know, their job is to help if if somebody's in distress, um, you know, if the water's crazy rough, we don't want you going into it. We all, of course, are aware of the storms that took place. I mean, the flooding itself was enough to to drive headlines, quite frankly. But is that the reason why we saw this debris and particularly this medical waste in simple terms, how could this possibly happen? Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's. Let's 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 state what is absolutely true. It's deeply creepy, and it's it's uh, disturbing, right? So, what we think is, and we we don't know for sure, Bill, but what we think is that 
the needles would probably flush down the toilet or thrown out in the street, you know, on a sidewalk, right? And got swept up with everything else in the monsoon as the storm as stormwater runoff, you know, like, like, um, y- you know, in cities for sure, but also in suburbs. There's hard surfaces everywhere, right? There's there's um, there's highways, there's freeways, there's streets, there's parking lots, there's big shopping plazas, there's roofs. You know, this is all hard. What 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 a stormwater geek would call it impervious surfaces it just means that the water can't get through Mm -hmm. and so all this stuff you know gasoline and oil from from vehicles and roadways dog poop from knucklehead you know pet owners who don't pick up after their dog um chemicals and fertilizers from you know businesses and households and you know lawns sand and dirt from construction sites soda cans soda bottles and in this case syringes all of that gets you know, if it's if it's on a hard surface, it's going to get carried away by these literally rivers of of water that ultimately empty into creeks, the river or, or creeks, rivers, Narragansett Bay and ultimately the ocean. So so the, the message from us is that, you know, litter dropped on the street doesn't stay there. Um, rainwater and wind carries plastic waste, and in this case, unfortunately, needles, um, you know, ultimately straight out to the ocean. So we all have a role to play to, to, um, to, to keep the oceans clean and healthy. When you think about this moment and with with syringes in particular, we keep going back to it, but I think, like you said, it's the creepy, shocking sort of aspect of this whole thing. Driftwood is one thing. Medical waste is another is there precedent for this here in Rhode Island that kind of gives you a framework for when we can reasonably expect for any residual waste to, to not be either a factor in terms of washing ashore or coming into our swimmable areas? And, you know, when is this going to be over, I guess, in layperson's terms? Yeah, yeah. So, so you you know, you reference in your lead um, bill the late 80s, and you know what? I'm old enough to remember that. And... Um, uh it it i would at least as of now with with the data that we have and the data that we have is probably you know 20 to 25 syringes that you know our staff found at east matunic um you know we really theorize we really think that that's that that's litter that was conveyed by stormwater into the ocean we really hope that it's not a replay of the late 80s which were which were um, you know, there was almost a hysteria about it back then. And, sure. and the reason there was a hysteria about it back then was because, because there was a lot of stupidity about AIDS and HIV and how you, you know, how you treat it. And, and people were stigmatized. If, you know, if they had it, there was, there was hysteria, right. About, you know, people were somehow going to catch HIV because of a, of a needle. Now, you know, and, and to, to give a little more detail about the late eighties situation, I mean that truly was medical waste because it wasn't just it wasn't just um, syringes. It was you know pieces of respirators. It was bottles. It was it was catheters. It was I mean in some instances I I hate to say it but like colostomy bags. I mean it was it was it was hardcore medical waste and it was happening in New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, you know Maryland, Connecticut, Rhode Island. Um, so. It was. I, I, I try to be careful with my words, but it was kind of an epidemic. Yeah. And and it triggered, 
it triggered, you know, laws in Congress that, you know, we hope have been successful. So I'm not I'm not dodging your question. I really we don't know the source of the needles. We do think, you know, whether whether they originated in Rhode Island or they originated in another state, they were conveyed out to the ocean by by stormwater. And at least as of this point, so, you know, Tuesday when we announced the, the syringes Monday, um, we haven't seen evidence of like a wide scale dumping of medical waste. So so we're kind of taking it as it goes at our beaches. We got eyes on the on the water all the time and we just want to make sure uh, and, and we'll we'll ease restrictions as soon as we can and as soon as it's safe. Uh, because we know that, especially with this sketchy weather we've had for a lot of the summer, that people want to get in the water. No question about it. Um, this is coupled with the Portuguese man of war situation. Yeah, yeah. What's the latest yeah. on that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, Bill. Uh, people of a certain age um, uh, will think that um, maybe we're, we're, we're suffering from, like, biblical style plagues you know like what's what's next you know like like i I don't know what's going to fall from the sky scorpions or something but um yeah so so basically the the man of war situation is um you know the 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 gulf stream in the atlantic ocean is pretty much give or take it's it's like the the it's like having the uh uh the amazon river in the in the in the Atlantic Ocean, about 25 miles from the coast, it's a huge, powerful current, and it's really warm water. And usually, um, the stuff that's in the Gulf Stream stays in the Gulf Stream and just goes out, you know, into the into the the big blue wet thing into the Atlantic Ocean. You know, at the, the farther it goes off um, into the into the deep water. But um, what happened? What probably happened this year and has happened before is a little spur can break off of a little spur of, of water can break off of the, the Gulf Stream and bring sea life a lot closer to Rhode Island and sea life that we don't generally have, including man of war. And right now we're still flying the purple flags, meaning it's a marine pest. So we had all kinds of colors at the beach today, Bill. We got we got yellows, you know, medium hazard, meaning light surf. We got we got double red in, in, in East Matunic, at least to start. We got purple everywhere because of, of uh, the man of war. At, at least as uh, over the last three or four days, I haven't gotten any reports from beach captains that um, that they've seen any more um, Portuguese man of war. Obviously, mm-hmm. when it was when it was the crazy storm on Sunday, nobody was out checking for man of war. But at the same time, among uh, all the debris that washed up on the beaches, we haven't found any um, Portuguese man of war. So hopefully we're, you know, a short time away from being able to lift that warning flag. Yeah, here we are midsummer and a rough moment for our, you know, I guess you would say our beach and beach econ- beaches and beach economy. Um, nonetheless, we persevere. That's what Rhode Islanders do. Portuguese man of war, medical waste. <laughs> We'll see you in the ocean soon. <laughs> That's right, Bill. Look, look, you know, <laughs> yeah, minor, minor inconveniences, right? Uh, uh, no, I mean, I, I, I brought out, you know, we're, we're, we're a scrappy, we're a scrappy breed. Um, and, um, you know, we hope for sure 
you know, obviously the, the, the reason that we announce anything, we DEM announces anything about beaches or parks is because our job is to is to offer them to the public. We, we call them DEM properties, but they're public. They belong to the public. Right. And so therefore, the onus is on us when 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 there's something that's not right you know there's a, there's a there's a situation that could you know uh, inconvenience or even you know potentially injure someone we want to get that word out we appreciate your help in getting getting that word out and we are working to to um get um east matunic state beach open back up so everyone can can get in the water mike healy rhode island's department of environmental management as always thanks so much for your time thanks bill appreciate the time yeah my pleasure